Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. I'm the pastor here, and we're just so glad that you're with us today, wherever you're watching. And again, we encourage you, you can click the Connect link at any time. We would love to get to know you. We would love that you're to know that you're watching with us today. Today, we're kicking off a new series. I'm really excited um, for the series. To me, it's, it's the heart of our church, that as we begin to see this happening in our relationships and with each other in the church, um, that we truly will be, I think, the church that God calls us to be. We just wrapped up a series. If you don't know, our, our vision statement here at the church is to connect to Jesus and community. That's why we exist. We just finished up a series on habits to help us to connect with Jesus. If you missed those, head to our YouTube channel or our Facebook. You can watch those at any time. But now we're going to talk a little bit of what it means to connect to community here at our church. This series is called Around the Table, uh, which is why you've noticed maybe a bit of a different set today for our, our services. Uh, of this table, this is where we want to see deep relationships and community formed in our church. Again, our, our church was birthed out of Acts 2, 42 to 47, and it says this, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money, money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. See, the strength of the New Testament church was the depth of their community. And, and again, as we read that, that, that should challenge us. In a world in America where we are just so individualistic and, and for ourselves, we are missing one of the greatest parts of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and part of a church. In, in some study Bibles, it brings out a little bit of what this, this verse is saying, um, and it brings out a, just a, a group of people. This group of people took this idea that talked about next to literally they lived without personal property and they did so to remind themselves that they valued people more than property what a challenging thought to us today that they literally value people so much that they didn't own anything this way that that stuff things could never get in the way of their love for each other the table was the center of the church. It represented hospitality, inclusiveness, generosity, grace, and love. And I think in our modern context of how church works, we've replaced the table with a pulpit or a screen where one person will speak. We've replaced it with a building where we all come here uh, to gather and to be together for 90 minutes or we've just replaced it with, with social media. 
and, and we no longer gather in context with each other around tables, but we do over phones. Now, let me say, all of those things aren't bad, but I think it's the heart issue of when we, we revolve around those things instead of a, a sense of, of deep community that we see all throughout Scripture. I think we're missing a little bit of how God called us to live in community as followers of Him. Again, today in, in our world, we just don't value community that way. We, we again, worry about our own lives and, and we're individualistic. From what, from doing you, whatever makes you happy, to rarely interacting with the people around us. For, for Rachel and I, one of the, the greatest and coolest things about moving to our house and to this community here at, at Heightstown is our neighbors were so welcoming. Even in a time where it was COVID and kind of scary to meet people, they all came and checked in and offered help. And it was kind of a breath of fresh air because I had never had neighbors like that before. Again, we tend to embrace individual freedom and decision-making that benefits me over the sake of a community. And for some of you, maybe you've just seen that community is hard. You've been hurt by people, you've been let down. And so because of that, you just check out, check off and don't think that it's something you need to do anymore. Uh, Heather Zempel, a small groups pastor at a church in DC said this, and I think it's great. She said, community is messy because it always involves people and people are messy. It's about people hauling their brokenness and baggage into your house and dumping it in your living room. That's real community. And that is what we're going to be talking about a little bit throughout this series. Because all of us were meant to play a part in this. All of us are meant to be part of this community and to have conversations around our table. And so over the course of the series, we're going to talk about some of the conversations that are most important and crucial as followers of Jesus to have around the table. Again, the word fellowship is a common word all throughout Scripture where they would meet together and they would share the things that they had in common. They had a common purpose. It was helping those in need. It was encouraging each other. It was sharing common struggles. And often this word fellowship is used in a word koinonia, which first shows up in the beginning of Acts. And this word associates a concept of holy and covenantal fellowship. And, and it's because of, of what Jesus did and his death and his resurrection, because of that, we share a holy and covenantal relationship. Translated, it means deep community among believers. Because we all believe in the life change and what Jesus does in our lives, it moves us to the sense of action of deep community. Again, God is calling us to something greater than, than our individualistic lives of only maybe seeing people from church in 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. There is more to us than that. And I think we're missing the power of what the church is meant to be, to be united around the table of sharing life together. And again, we're coming off a series that was all about growing our faith and creating habits to grow. And because of these habits uh, and our seeking God, our faith grows. And because our faith grows, we should long for the things of God more. And so this series is an expression of these longings and these habits. As we grow, our love for each other should grow. 
This is the first mark of gathering around the table. That as we grow and our love for God grows, our love for others should follow. We don't do this for us. We don't follow God for the sake of what I get out of it. But it's that I would know more of him and that my love for others would grow. Again, at Connect Church, we define spiritual growth as going from unbelief to belief in every area of our lives. And when you look at the teachings of Jesus, he made two of those areas really clear. Love, which is a true, genuine, biblical love, is the opposite of what we see in our culture of selfish, all about me. And we see unity. Again, the opposite of our individualistic I'll do me, you do you culture and love and unity and the way that Jesus talked about them may be the greatest markers of our spiritual growth. And so I would say the depth of our community, the depth of the the people around our table that we're sharing life with, the depth of our love for them shows our growth. And so with that in mind today, let's read John 13, verses 34 to 35. It says this, it says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Let's pray today, and then we'll dig into this. God, today we thank you for who you are, that you're alive, that you're working, that you're moving. And God, even that you call us to love. And as we just look at our world that is so divided and broken and hurting, God, our love, would it be different? Would people look at it and see the sacrificial nature of our love and would they be drawn to it? Would the way that we love each other here at Connect Church show the world that we are your followers? In your name I pray, amen. So this verse, I love this verse. It's one of my favorite ones uh, throughout scripture. It's Jesus speaking uh, to his disciples. And as he goes through this, the first thing that he says is there will be a new commandment. And if you look at at the Greek here, um, the word that he used implies freshness more than new. This, This isn't a commandment that was just invented, but it was more that the way that it was lived out is different. It's fresh, it's new that it's going to be presented in a way that it hadn't been before. And so this new commandment of loving each other wasn't a new idea. But as Jesus is going to continue to explain, there's a fresh aspect to it that's different than before. Love each other. Again, this isn't a new command, but Jesus is about to add a new layer to the way that we love each other. He's emphasizing There should be a special presence of love among followers of Jesus. The way that we love each other should be different. And this is why, this is kind of the the most important part of the passage. And Jesus says, as I have loved you. Again, this wasn't a new commandment, but they had just uh, seen the way that Jesus loved us. And so because of that, he is telling them, I'm a new example of this love. I'm will, I'm literally going to lay down my life for you. What a new kind of sacrificial love. Where, again, we literally humble all that we are for the sake of others. 
we are to love our fellow Christians with this type of selfless love as Christ loved us which is so much greater and so much further than all of the love that we see oftentimes here on the earth. He died for us. And as we read in other places, again, of the New Testament of Jesus humbling himself and not holding on to his rights and who he was as God and willingly laying them aside to show his love for us. That's how we're called to love others. Jesus raises the bar here. It's no longer just doing nice things for people occasionally when we feel like it, but it is sacrificial love that costs us. And so why is this important? He goes on and says, this will prove that you are my disciples. Jesus said that this would be the identifying mark of followers of him. Again, it wasn't that love outside of followers of Jesus that that it's not real and that it's not working and that it's not moving, but the love of Jesus' followers should be more sacrificial than all of that, more selfless, more humble. This is the greatest mark of our growth in faith is the way that you're loving people, showing others outside of the church that you are a disciple of Jesus. Jesus would mark his disciples by our love for one another. And our growth should lead to this in our lives. Again, it's like a simple math equation. Two plus two always equals four. As I grow in my faith, I should grow in my capacity to selflessly love others. They go hand in hand. And I think one of the most frustrating things for me to see play out in our culture is that we don't see this in the church. We see divisiveness, we see individuality, we see a settling just for a 90 minute check-in. That's not community. That's not selfless love. That doesn't cost us anything. Again, true community that we see in the New, the New Testament cost they were selfless they put people above everything else that's true community in ephesians 4 we read this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's son that we will mature be mature in the lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ paul here wants us as believers to live in unity And this unity is based on the growth of our faith, on spiritual maturity. Paul wants us to grow in maturity in our faith, that it would lead to spiritual growth and then the way that we love others, how he talks about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. He taught, we read about our love for both God and others in Matthew. We read to be full of Christ in Ephesians 1. And we see what the maturity of believers looks like in 1 Corinthians 2, in Philippians 3, in Colossians 1 and 4. We are to grow and become spiritually mature. And as we do, that growth leads to a greater capacity in our love for others. So what does that mean today? Why around the table? Why, is, why should that be the center of the church? This is why. 
I think gathering around the table is just a, a different mindset than the way that we've had about church for a little while. And, and even in, in it revolving around a Sunday morning service where we come together for 90 minutes, again, they're great. You're watching one now and, and we're glad that you're here. But even with that, when that becomes the center, it becomes me coming into service and being entertained or, or, being, or being given a good message. And then if I don't like what I'm here anymore, I just leave and I go to another church that entertains me a little bit better, that maybe the speaker is a little bit better. And, and we're able to hop around easily because there isn't the depth of community. We're not gathering with each other throughout the week. Again, around the table looks different than attending church. And our heart for Connect Church is that we would be a church that is around the table with each other, sharing our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities in moments where, where maybe we get a difficult medical diagnosis, we, can, we know that we can head to this one person's table and there they're going to cry with us and they're going to pray with us and they're going to share this moment with us. They're going to carry the burden with us. And for others of us, so that maybe it's a great moment, we get a raise or we, we have the birth of a child and we know that there's going to be a group of people who are going to celebrate that with us. commit to life together. And even now, this may look different for all of us. We're, we're calling this around the table. And so for some of you, it may literally be opening up your table and, and sitting around it with others and sharing life with them. For others of you though, maybe it's sitting around the table at a place like Taco or Little Key Coffee or just a place where you can gather with people. For some of you, maybe it'll be gathered around a shared activity, running, watching sports, playing board games, playing video games. Maybe it's a common activity where you know that when we gather together and do this, we share who we are. I think of college. Uh, one of the games we always played was Halo. And, and it was crazy. We would sit down and we would play this game. And as we played, we all opened up and we shared life and we talked about the areas that we were struggling with in our faith or just in life and the wins and the small things that God was doing. The how doesn't matter, it's the why. See, it's what happens when we come together. And oftentimes we may think that it's the perfect food and the perfect setup, but really it's about the community with the people that you're with to show our love and our hospitality to the world that we are different. In an age where it's all about me and all about the individual, we are giving that up for the sake of community. In John 17, Jesus is speaking. He says this, I am praying not only for these disciples here, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. How important is unity to Jesus? He literally prays in that moment for the church of all time that we would be united, that we would come together 
that we would share in community. This happens around the table, around shared activity, around sacrificial love for each other, the love that we have for one another, and the unity that we have as a church should be a light to unbelievers and people outside of the church to follow Jesus. I want to be part of that. There's something different about the way that they love each other. There's something different about the way that they share in community. Our love, the observable love of Christ was the greatest mark of a follower of Jesus. And that should be true today too. Our growth in our relationship with Jesus should result in growth in our love for each other, plain and simple. And as that happens, it should bring unity. And just some questions for reflection today. If all that is coming from your life currently is division, maybe you need to reevaluate your words. Maybe you've picked a political side more than the gospel. Maybe, maybe you haven't grown as much as you thought if you can't put aside issues that cause divisiveness for the sake of unity. Do you even care about others? Do you live your life with no concern for other people who attend our church? Or even just people that you work with or your family, if you don't have concern and love for the people around you, again, today, maybe it's time to do a heart check. Do people have interest in being around you? Do people enjoy hanging out with you? If not, again, maybe it's time for a heart check. Are you an example? As you love others, can people look to your life and the way that you do community and love and sacrificially serve other people? Can people look to your life and say, I want to be like that? Again, these are challenging questions, but I, I believe that as our faith in Jesus grows, we should see all of these things begin to come out of our life. Remaining in Christ means that we seek unity with each other because of who Jesus is. God provided a home for all of his children, and it's called the church. It may not be the church sometimes if we think of it, but I think it's more of a community who's unified on who Jesus is. The church is the place where relationships are nurtured. The church is the place where love is expressed, compassion is shared, and encouragement is given. The church is the body of Christ here on earth that should show the great love that God has for all of humanity as it comes to life in a body of believers. Again, our faith needs to be both vertical and horizontal. What does our community look like? Is it healthy? Is it showing love for others? Do you have a community that's able to hold you accountable and push you to grow? Again, as Proverbs 27 says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Do you have people in your life to do that? Do you have people in your life to speak encouragement to you when you're down, to motivate you towards the things of God? Do you have people in your life to pray with you when you're overwhelmed? This is what 
true community looks like. May we love each other humbly. Would we serve each other? But most of all, would we portray the selfless love that God has for us to the people around us? Would Connect Church be a place that is centered on community, that puts the table back at the center of our faith walk? Would our love for each other show in the depth of our hospitality for one another? Would we be a church of deep community? Outside of 90 minutes on Sunday or engaging on social media posts, would we be willing to jump in to sacrificially loving each other, to do the hard work that community takes, to invest time and energy? Today as we close out, if you're watching this and maybe you've never made the decision before to follow Jesus, we just want to encourage you. Today, we invite you, most importantly, into community with a living God. When he saw that the, the brokenness in our relationship between us and him because of our sin and our bad decisions, he came and he died that those would be wiped away that we don't have to live in, in our shame and our guilt anymore, but his death and resurrection brings forgiveness. Today, wherever you are, you can just simply say in your heart and in a moment of, of prayer before God saying, God, I trust you that what you did on the cross, your death, your life and your resurrection is, is enough to cover my sin and my shame and my guilt. And if you say that right now, he will come and he'll begin to work in your life. There's a link that says, I've decided to follow Jesus. We encourage you, click that. Let us know you've made that decision. Again, this is a community walk, and we would love to connect you to ours to help you grow. For those of us who do follow Jesus today, what does your community say about your faith? Are you isolated? Are you living life for yourself? Are you divisive? Are you mean? Or are you sacrificially loving others the way that Christ modeled to us? And it starts around the table, around shared interests, around common activities. And, and I get even right now with, with COVID and a pandemic going on that, that that may sound scary. Look, there are ways to make this happen. I, in conversations with church members, I know that you are having dinners with your family over Zoom, over a Facebook video chat, and it's still happening. It can happen in the church as well. This week, maybe schedule a Zoom dinner with somebody in church and hang out with them over Zoom and share life together. Technology helps make things possible. Let's use it for good. Would we have deep relationships that start around the table, around shared activities where we are able to share the depths of who we are to have a community of people who support us, love us, encourage us, and would we not always look to be the people who get, but would we today be willing to serve as well, to invite people in to community, to show hospitality, to show the great love that God has for us? And as we do that, would others be drawn to God because of our love? Today, Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. And, and God, today, as, as we know more of who you are and that love, God, I pray that your love would motivate us to love others well, too. Would Connect Church be known for the way 
that we love each other and the depth of our community. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.